evening, and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg with you, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. And, uh, Matt, I think I have you on the right mic there. I just... Do you? No, I don't. This no. always happens. Try that. Hello. There you are. It's funny, because I could see you. I could hear... I could. It looked like you were trying to talk, but I couldn't hear you. So here we are. It's just the two of us. No Stephanie Burke. Nope. She should return next week. Seems like I've been saying that for a while, but <laughs> <laughs> she. We knew. We knew even before that uh, this weekend she would be taking off. Uh, but uh, also, uh, Matt, Matt Moniz, science advisor, not here. So he's out doing sciencey things, probably. No, he's out doing gun things. Okay. He's <laughs> probably uh, maybe he's on Twitter. No, I don't think so. He does have a Twitter account and Twitter handle. We all do. You can follow him at, is it at Matt Moniz SSC? Um, I think that's what it is. I think so, yeah. So you can follow him, and maybe if he gets enough people following him, he'll tweet. <laughs> we we tweet, of course, at Spooky SC. This is Spooky South Coast, where we talk about the paranormal each and every Saturday night, and uh, we're just goofing around a little bit here. But we are uh, here tonight, uh, after the night after Odd Fest, and... You know, we missed last week's show. I apologize for that. I had some car troubles. Well, I, actually, I had the ultimate car trouble. My car is pretty much dead. So, we, I was on my way here, and and the car broke down. Matt, you were already here. Yeah, I was. Uh, you had actually, to come back and I was, I was early. Me. I know for like w- once ever. Like, and you were early again tonight too. You got oh, here before me. I know. But uh, so we apologize for missing last week's show. It was only going to be an abbreviated show anyway because the Bruins were on late. And uh, so we were going to just discuss Oddfest and, and promote the event that happened last night at the Trowbridge Tavern in Bourne. And it was a great a great event. We were able to raise a lot, well, collect a lot of toys. I shouldn't say raise toys. We collected a lot of toys for the Charles R. Foley Jr. Gilmartin Foundation, uh, which will go to children in hospitals and, and needy children across Cape Cod and, and southeastern Massachusetts. So thank you to everybody that came out and donated toys. We... Had some fun, right? Sang some songs on the SingStar karaoke. Yeah, it was a good time. I, apparently, I had to sing quite a bit because nobody else would get up and do it. So I had to try and yeah. get everyone going, and I'm I'm not a singer at all. Well, you, but you, you don't have to be. You and Jeff did a good rendition of uh, you, you guys did Run DMC, right? Right, we did. It's tricky, yeah. and that was legendary. And I wish that somebody had recorded it because I would play the audio from the from the video over the over the air right now because it was that good. <laughs> yeah. It was like it was broadcast quality, right? It was probably one of the best SingStar rap performances that I've ever done, which if you've ever played the game, you know what I'm talking about. It's not easy to score points in the no. rap songs on on that game. I don't know. I don't know why it's so hard. I mean, like I did I did um, Ice Ice Baby, which I can rap in my sleep, Yeah. and I didn't get that many points out of it, so it's rigged. The whole thing is rigged. <laughs> But the good part is, uh, you know, everybody had a good time, and that's all that was important. And uh, when you have something like this going on, it's always hard this time of year uh, to get people to be able to come, because they've got so many things going on. Right. Things pulling them in a different direction. Family stuff, everybody has their work-related Christmas parties, or their friends are having Christmas parties, and it's always so hard. So I was just happy that we could get a group together and and have a good time, and I certainly look forward to next year's Oddfest, which we don't know where it'll be. We might move it more back toward, you know, the New Bedford area, 
Jeff and I were talking earlier today. You know, maybe a return to knuckleheads next year, but we've got a whole year to plan that. We do know, though, that we'll keep working with the, the Gilmartin Foundation. So if you want to check out, check them out online, certainly do so. If you missed Oddfest, you want to make a donation, uh, they will certainly, certainly uh, be willing to take, especially financial donations that they can turn around and turn into gifts for the children or to help with some of the other things that uh, that they do. Now, tonight here on the show... Matt. Yes. You and I have done numerous shows where it's just the two of us kicking topics back and forth. And there's a topic that I'd like to discuss tonight that it's it's hard to find people that are willing to come on and discuss this. And it's hard to get people that are willing to stick out their neck in the world of the paranormal. Now, for those of you who are relatively new listeners to the show... You know, generally, we do try to keep things to general paranormal discussion. We talk about some of the topics, some of the theories of what goes on, but part of what sets us aside from a lot of other paranormal television shows, radio shows, sorry, television, because I was looking at the camera for Spooky TV, which, by the way, Matt's working on trying to get up and running, but we're having some internet issues, surprise, surprise, (laughs) and so we are trying... It wouldn't be a show if we didn't have... Right. And and I I want people to understand that when we say that we're having internet issues, like, it's not us. We came in, we set it up, and it was working fine, right? Everything was going good. Yeah. And then right, it seems like right when we get to 10 o'clock, that's when everything just goes to hell. And I don't know. For some reason. I, I guess my theory on this is that because, you know, nobody else complains about the internet here. At the station at WBSM, the new 1420. Nobody else complains about that. So it's got to be something that's only happening when we're here. Because usually there's nobody else here at 10 o'clock at night trying to to access the Internet. So um, my fear, I think somebody's stealing our Internet. Maybe. That's what I think is happening. I think those damn dishwasher kids over at the restaurant <laughs> next door, they're all on their Wi-Fi devices, and they're sucking off our internet somehow. They hacked our password, and, and that's what's happening. What do you think? I'm, uh, that's a sound theory. Yeah. Let's at least tell the public yeah. that. That'll be what we go with. So, <laughs> so anyway, Spooky TV is not working currently, uh, but Matt is working on trying to get it up and running. But if you are uh, tuning into the show via WBSM.com, or the audio stream on SpookySouthCoast.com, or perhaps by the Radio Pop app. Numerous different ways to tune into the show and enjoy it. And we'll work on trying to get that video up uh, as the show progresses tonight. But Your station for the South Coast, AM 1420, WBSM. It's the new 1420. You know what it is? is you know, the, That's the station saying, <laughs> don't you crap on our internet. But anyway, the... Uh, We've kicked around a lot of topics back and forth, the two of us. And this one that I want to talk about tonight, it's hard to get people to comment publicly because the the paranormal world, for those of you who don't know, anybody who is investigating the paranormal, for the most part, is doing it as a hobby. And I don't say that as if they don't take it seriously enough, but they're not getting paid. If you call a local paranormal group because you feel like there is ghost activity happening in your house and you want to prove it or disprove it or have, and we are now on Spooky TV. Oh, yeah, now. There we right. go. 
That's something. I think somebody flipped the switch somewhere. Right. You know, you complain enough. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, all those kids in the 99 are like, oh, no, they're on to us. Right. <laughs> so uh, anyway, <laughs> so there are groups that go out and they investigate for either signs of ghostly activity or to debunk what people think is ghostly activity, depending on their approach. But the idea is that you invite these teams into your home, they conduct an investigation, and they present to you the results. Seems pretty easy, right? Yeah. Seems pretty self-explanatory. It seems like, you know, you don't really hear a lot of issues with, um, you know, other people that you call into your house for different services, right? No. You know, it's, it's no. kind of, it is what it is. You call a plumber, plumber comes, fixes what's wrong, gives you a bill, goes home. The only difference being with the paranormal, we can't prove what's there or what isn't there. So the theory, the idea that everybody puts forth is, well, if we can't prove it, then how can we charge you for it? I will be honest with you. I used to always be one of those people that, that you know railed against people that charge mm-hmm. for paranormal investigation, the few folks that do. But now I see... I, I, I almost understand why... I uh, don't understand why the paranormal field bit themselves... Uh, in in the nose or shot themselves in the foot, however you want to look at it. But I don't understand why they did that to begin with because your time should be worth something, right? I could see that. So we should have the opportunity for people to be able to take a bit of a stipend for coming and doing an investigation because your time is worth something. I have no free time. If somebody wanted me to come and investigate their house and I'm giving up time that I would have been making money doing something else, well, it's only fair to expect to be compensated for your time. You have to rearrange your schedule. You may miss work. And and if you're a consultant, like if if somebody called me up today and said, hey, I'm, I'm starting a radio show and I'd like some advice, for the most part, I will give you advice free of charge because, you know, I'm honored that you thought that my opinion was worth something. You obviously think that we do a, a good enough job with this show that you would like to kind of utilize some of that formula or at least you know pick my brain a little bit, so I'd be honored. And I would give that advice. And I've yeah. done that. I've given advice to people. But if you wanted me to come in and help you build a show from the ground up and basically give away my ideas to you for you to utilize and me not to be able to utilize, then I would charge you a fee for that. Because now I'm a consultant. Now I'm helping the development of that, and that has to be worth something. So that could be one avenue for people to be able to charge for paranormal investigation. They could say, well, I have to come in here and consult with you about what's going on, and my, even though we say there's no experts in the paranormal, which, by the way, is also kind of a bogus statement, too, when you think about it. Because you can be an expert in something that may or may not exist. Right? I suppose so. I'm pretty sure that, you know, there are people out there who feel that God doesn't exist. But does that mean that somebody who is a theologian wouldn't be considered an expert in theology? Hmm. That's a good point. If the crux of the argument is that God may or may not exist, it doesn't matter. They've still studied all aspects related to that. So I think you can be an expert in the paranormal. So let's throw that statement out the window. Let's stop saying there are no experts in the paranormal because you can be an expert in the information that's out there. Okay. If you can be an expert in something, 
whatever it may be, then you can apply that same idea of expertise to the study of the paranormal, right? I'll agree, yeah. Yeah, okay. So let's, let's get rid of that idea. All right, so anyway, so now you can consider yourself a paranormal expert. If you're a paranormal expert, then that expertise, that time that you've spent studying, that time that you've spent uh, investing yourself in the topic, that should be worth something, too. Okay. Now, I'm not saying the team should all suddenly start charging. I'm just saying that at the very beginning of all this, maybe it was the wrong direction to go to say that we shouldn't be charging. I'm just making an argument for both sides. I feel like it, w- the point that it's at right now, you obviously could not just suddenly start charging because Group A in the city is going to do it for free. Group B is going to charge you $100. Mm-hmm. Well, then everybody's going to go to Group A, and Group B is not going to get anything. They're not going to get any cases. They're not going to be able to get better. They're not going to be able to improve themselves as investigators. They're not going to be able to have the experiences that they need to have to grow and learn because they chose to go a different path. So you're going to get undercut by the guy that's doing it for free, which may not be a better group, but they're doing it for free. So it's not like suddenly now we could start charging. So I will be willing to accept the argument that we can't charge for paranormal investigation because most people don't. Okay. So let's make it that. Instead of saying, we can't charge for the paranormal because we don't know if it exists. I'm pretty sure that when I hear a noise in my wall at night, it's a mouse. Okay? I call the exterminator to my house. He looks all around. He can't find a mouse. Does he look at me and say, well, you know, I didn't find anything, so don't worry. This one's on the house. Right. No. He says, I get $90 an hour. Right. And I spent two hours looking for your mouse. It's getting paid to come out and look, so... I'm, I'm going to kind of talk myself in circles a lot here tonight, but that's what happens. And uh, if at any point you want to jump into the discussion, by the way, I should give out uh, the, the phone numbers here. 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420 to call toll-free. You can also talk about it on Twitter using the hashtag SpookyLive, which will also push it right into the chat room on SpookyTV at SpookySouthCoast.com. So I really want people to get involved in the discussion tonight because I want to hear their thoughts on some of this. We Every once in a while we bring up this topic because it, it gets to the point where drama pops up and people start waving that white flag of power unity, as they call it, where everybody has to get along. And I, I just don't feel like that has to be the case. So we can uh, we can certainly debate this back and forth tonight. I feel like the more uh, people try to get along, the... The worst of it because is, when people try to get so along, it, you're saying you're saying the key word right there. Try, yeah. yeah. When they're trying to get along, nine times out of ten, you know, you're saying that you're trying to get along because there's a reason for you not to get along, right? Yeah, like let's all try to be friends. Can't we just be friends anyway? Do we have to try? Right. If you have to try, then it's not a real friendship. It's exactly. Just- <laughs> So this idea of everybody having, and we've done shows in the past, and I always put out this disclaimer when we talk about it, that we've done shows in the past, years and years ago, where we were saying you have to work together. Everybody needs to be on the same page. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to get along, and everybody needs to basically become one big, happy family. Yeah. Okay, let's fire up the EMF detectors and sing Kumbaya. However, (laughs) 
I've changed my approach, my belief over the years. I still think that everybody needs to be on the same page. That has to happen. You can't have any kind of, and if you want to call it a science, I, I, I kind of don't want to call it a science anymore, but if you're going to call it a science, then you need to have protocols. You need to have the same experimentation from case to case and from group to group and investigator to investigator. So, yes, you need to be on the same page. But you don't have to get along. That's true. You know, I, I mean, Moniz isn't here tonight, but he right. works in the pharmaceutical industry. And if the pharmaceutical company that he works for has certain information that they have accumulated and certain, you know, just certain discoveries that they've made, yes, certain things they will share with other pharmaceutical companies. But if they come up with a drug that's going to treat something, they don't give that formula away to another pharmaceutical company. It's not like they're like, hey, we all need to get along, so please, you know, give it to me. Right? Right. There has to still be some sort of reason for operating on your own. Yeah, it's the same like with uh, with business. They don't really share technologies. Phone companies, like when you come up with a new phone, they with a, like a new the iPhone or something, mm-hmm. that's under lock and key for forever until somebody cracks it. Well, you remember a few years ago, using that example, a few years ago Samsung got sued by Apple because they claim that the Samsung operating system was too close to the Apple operating system. Mm-hmm. So there's this big lawsuit, and it was actually found that, yeah, it kind of does copy it. Yeah. So <laughs> here you have probably one of the most important technologies in the world, and they're not sharing they don't have to get along because they're in competition with one each other, with each other. And what does competition lead to? It leads to better phones, right? The iPhone has a little tiny screen. Right. Little tiny screen. I can barely see what's on an iPhone. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> it you know, and then you get friends who, you know, they haven't upgraded their phone because they don't see a need to, and they've got like the first iPhone and it's so small. Right. You can't see anything that's on it. And then Samsung comes out with bigger phones. And bigger phones and bigger phones. You know, I have the Galaxy Note. So you get this big, big, and they actually have a bigger one, I think, from one of the other carriers that's, like, even bigger than Mm -hmm. the Note. So they have these huge screens. So now Apple devotees, people who will only buy Apple products, are now going out, rushing out to get the Apple 6 Plus because it's got the bigger screen. But they did that because they were pushed into doing it by Samsung. Right. You know, they were losing that share of the market. So the competition made things better for everybody. Is that progress? I would say so. And, you know, most things that have happened in this world haven't happened as a result of complacency. You know? Yeah. If complacency was enough, then... Uh, you know, I don't. I don't want to simplify it by saying you know Columbus never would have tried to sail around the world. You know, uh, 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 who was the first person to circumnavigate the globe? Now it's escaping my mind. Galileo. Yeah. No. Was it Magellan? Yeah. Would we? We, we, <laughs> we wouldn't have these people who would push the boundaries of anything if complacency ruled the day. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing in the paranormal. I don't want everybody going out and conducting an investigation in exactly the same way. I want there to be some 
necessary protocols for it. Right. You know, like, and I'm talking simple, mundane stuff. You're starting a new investigation at the beginning of the night. Take out whatever batteries are in your device. Put in some fresh ones. Now you know that if a battery drain happens, there's a good chance that it's probably not the batteries themselves because you've just put in fresh batteries. Fine. Right. Uh, You know, don't whisper when conducting an EVP session. Let's use that. Let's use that as an example. Okay? Let's use EVP sessions as uh, a basis for this argument. You're a group. I'm a group. Two separate groups. Okay. There has to be some protocols involved in conducting the EVP session for group A, for the Mac group and for the Tim group. Both of us have to agree upon we don't want to whisper. Both of us want to agree upon if any sounds happen that we can identify that might not sound easily identifiable when playing back, we tag them. We say what they are. So if a car drives by, we say that's a car driving by. Right. You know, we should agree upon these protocols for conducting an EVP session. But that doesn't mean that we have to ask the same questions. No, no. There should be some sort of room for experimentation. And and for individuality. Right. It, because the location that you're at, <clears throat> excuse me, the location that you're at, the line of questioning might be different to get a rise out of things than the, than the location that I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if we both ask the same type of question, if we, if we walked in there with a list, a recommended list of questions by the, you know, American Association for Electronic Voice Phenomena, and they said these are the 10 questions, which they would never say, but these are the 10 questions that you must ask of every EVP session, then we might not get any response at all to those. Because if they're not fitting the location, not fitting the history, not fitting the, what's going on that night, then there might not be enough of a reason for whatever's on the other side to respond. Right. I mean, if, um, say, you keep, there's a constant investigation at a household, say, like Lizzie Boarding or, or something, um, and you have investigators in there, in and out all the time, and say there is a conscious spirit there, they're not going to want to answer the same questions over and over again. Right. They're like, oh, what's my favorite color? Banana. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, so, I mean, that's just kind of the point of it all is that, you know, you have to have some agreed protocols, some standard operating procedure, but you also have to allow for individuality to advance the cause. Right. The problem is there's a difference between para unity and para respect. And that's where the real problem is. The problem isn't that people don't want to uh, get along. The problem is that people don't want to respect each other. So the the issue is it's not a matter of if we can work together and if we can agree and, and if it can all come together under one big umbrella because nothing in life happens that way. What, what, what's one of the most strongest beliefs that mankind has as as a people, as a, as a, as a society, as a species? Strongest belief? Yeah, what, what's one of the big unifying things that we see across the entire world and all cultures? A belief in God, right? Okay. Not everybody believes in the same God. Right. And if they do, they all have different ways 
of going about that belief in God, which is why we have all these different organized religions. Now, we know full well that those those religions don't respect each other. Yes. (laughs) Otherwise, we wouldn't have holy wars and everything (laughs) that goes on. But they all have the same principle behind it. They all have the same belief. They all have the same uh, acceptance of a higher power other than themselves. So at their core, they're unified in that. But they're never going to get along. But we don't expect them to. We just expect them to respect one another's viewpoints. Right. And that's what we want in the paranormal. We want people to respect each other's viewpoints. Now, the problem with that is sometimes it's really hard to respect the viewpoints in the work of somebody that you just don't respect as a person. All right. Back in the 70s, the 80s, and even into the 90s, I'm sure there were, it was a much smaller community, so everybody kind of knew each other that was working in the field, at least the people who were public about it. So if you were Lloyd Auerbach out in California, you knew about the Warrens in Connecticut. If you were, you know, uh, oh, I just hung up on a caller. I apologize. I hit the wrong button. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. But if you were working in the field, you probably knew about the other people that were working in the field that were visible. Mm-hmm. You might not have known all the other people who were picking up the mantle uh, and working on a more localized level, but it was a much tighter community back then. So people had that respect. And I'm sure that there was a lot of talking about each other behind each other's back. You know, I'm sure if you went and had a beer with, you know, one investigator, he'd be like, well, you're not going to believe what I heard about this guy. You know, that happens. That's human nature. But... They had at least a public respect for each other. Nobody was blasting each other in the media. But we've come to a world now where there's no privacy. There's no keeping to yourself. Everybody shares everything about themselves, especially in the paranormal community. So when that happens, it's easy for people to lose respect for you. Because they're going to just see that you're posting everything about your life every day. Yeah. And that's opening the door for them to have a reason not to like you. I do, I, I've tried to do a pretty good job over the, year my, over the years myself, at least in social media, to, to not give away a lot of the private stuff about myself. I'll put up something you know, that's rather you know, innocuous, like the other day putting up that the waitress's Christmas wrapping is my least favorite Christmas song. It's pretty terrible. It's probably my least favorite song of all time. <laughs> but I put that up there. Now, other people are going to disagree with me, and people might argue with me about that, and we might generate some discussion, and we might have some fun with it, but nobody's going to walk away from that saying, I can't respect that Weisberg guy because he hates the waitress's Christmas wrapping. Yep. So the, <laughs> the idea that people are kind of their own worst enemy here that are pushing for everyone to get along in the paranormal field because you're the one that's out there putting everything about yourself, you know, your 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 financial issues, your health issues, your political views, 
you know, how you feel about the grand jury failing to indict the police officers in Ferguson, Missouri, and New York City, and, you know, you're putting all this stuff up there. You're putting all these rants about the government. You're anti-Obama. You're pro-Obama, whatever it may be. You're putting all this stuff out there, and that's giving people a reason to create an opinion on you and on your work based on all of that, instead of just letting your investigating skills stand at their own merit. So a lot of this drama that exists out there amongst the paranormal teams is manufactured. And it has nothing to do with you liking them as an investigator, liking what they do, liking what their team does. No, you just don't like them as a person. Something about them doesn't sit right with you. So then, therefore, because you don't like them as a person, you don't like their work in the field. Do you see where I'm going here with this? A lot of this stuff is is based not in actual the failure to be unified isn't based in the actual investigations themselves but it has to do with the dynamics of the people doing it so if that's the case it's a hollow argument i don't want to get along with everybody in life i don't i don't want to be everybody's friend <laughs> right there's too many people to be friends with and the, I don't the, have time for that. Exactly. Nobody has time for that. Because if you do, if you are friends with everybody, you can't really be a good friend to everybody. It's just impossible. But what can you be? You can be nice to everybody. You can be respectful to everybody. Yeah. And I certainly don't want people to be... I don't want everybody else in the world to try to be my friend. I don't want to walk out every day and do what I have to do and have every person that I see come up to me and want to talk to me and discuss their own life and ask me about mine. I don't because that's exhausting. I don't have time for that. I'm trying to just get to the store and go home. Yeah. But I don't want people, as I'm walking down the aisle of the store, turning to me like, oh, there's that freaking jerk. I hate that guy. Look at that guy. Which, you know, we all do that. I do it. We do it all the time, you and I. But you know, but I don't want people thinking that about me as I'm walking by. But I'd like them to just have a general respect for me. I'd like them not, you know, to have enough respect not to shove their cart into me as I'm walking down the aisle of the supermarket. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to trying to put this into perspective here for people about the difference between unified and respect. Two different things. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. I promise not to hang up on any more callers uh, if anybody does try to call. That was just uh, I got dis- so disrespectful. It was disrespectful <laughs> of me. I apologize. I got so wrapped up in what I was saying that I, I hit the wrong button. But when you look at it like that, when you look at it like the need is to be respectful and, and to just not crap on everybody else that's in the field. What's the easiest way to do that? What's the easiest way to respect somebody from afar? Hmm. Or, or at least give them respect? I don't know. Ignore them! Yeah, that's true. Ignore them. Yep. If somebody bothers you, if somebody doesn't sit right with you, if you don't like them, ignore them. Everybody that's in the paranormal has this mistaken identity that at some point they have to rip open their shirt and expose the S on their chest and be the savior for all of mankind, or at least all of mankind that investigates for ghosts and UFOs and Bigfoot and all that stuff. And you don't. You don't have to do that. We are. If you're going to be involved in this field, yes, you are a vanguard for the research. However, that doesn't make it your job 
to go out there and expose everybody that you feel isn't up to your uh, up to your standards. If you do that, you're going to drive yourself crazy, and you're going to hurt your own work in the long run and hurt your own reputation. The best way to root out the problem is to lead by example, and that goes for everything in life. This is like you know, Pappy's old time radio hour. I'm going to give you like advice about life going forward. All of this can apply across your entire life. I feel like I've got it all figured out now. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. I was, I was being facetious there. Good evening. You are on WBSM Spooky South Coast. How are you? How are you? All right. Uh, I was wondering if you're ever going to do a show about Fort Tabor and Fort Rodman. Oh yeah, we've done uh, we've done a few, but we'll definitely have one coming up soon because uh, we're working with them to determine a date for our next Legend Trips event down there. Uh, so we'll we'll get more in depth with it coming up uh, in the future. But we have done a few shows on it already. If you uh, are you online, do you have uh, computer access? Uh, yeah, I do. If you just go to SpookySouthCoast.com, you can find all of our archives and you can find a couple of the shows that we've done on Fort Tabor. What about the military museum? We have investigated there as well as part of our events, uh, and there's been some reports of activity in there from the people who have attended. Uh, we brought some of our psychic medium friends in there, and there's one corner of the military museum that they just won't go into. Yeah. They feel a bad energy in there. I've actually collected military. Uh, I'm 54 now. I've collected it since I was seven. Mm-hmm. And... Sometimes I get some strange feelings about military that I brought home. Yeah, maybe they have something attached to them? Right. Well, I mean, if you ever feel like something that you have is, uh, you know, something that you can't handle having it in your house or wherever you keep it and you, you want to remove it from your home, you could always bring it to the military museum. They're always taking donations of items and you know it would have a good home. But if you don't feel that it's bothering you or anything, then, you know, I can't. No, actually, I have donated to the military museum. Sure. Well, thank you for doing so. Yeah. And uh, if they had more room, they'd probably show it. <laughs> well, they, they they really do need more room for all the stuff that they have that they can't put out there. But uh, hopefully if we keep doing Legend Trips events down there and, and people start going down there and donating more money, they can build on to the military museum. Yeah, because I had a, one uniform from my stepson's grandfather. The man had six battle stars. Wow. On his ribbons. He was in Normandy. He was everywhere. And it is really a strange feeling. I still have that uniform. I haven't donated that yet. But I'm going to donate it to the military museum. I'm sure they'd be glad to have it and and, uh, and, and show it respect that it deserves. Yep. Well, uh, de- definitely stay tuned because uh, when, when the announcement comes, uh, it should be coming soon you know we have to set all the dates and everything and make sure everything works because they you know they do a lot of weddings down there in the spring and there's a lot of different events that happen so we just got to make sure we find a date that works for everybody and then right. we'll announce it and uh it'll be a 99 dollar ticket for anybody that wants to come out and take part that's great all right well thank you so much for the call thank you have a great night you too and 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 are the numbers they are. I would tell you were going to say something, but I didn't want to cut you off because, you know, I'm ranting a bit here. So if you want to jump in, just jump in. Don't wait for me to give you an opening. I just want to be respectful. <laughs> <laughs> well, and getting back to that idea of, of respect, 
I know you're not as immersed in a lot of the stuff that goes on. See, I, the thing, the problem with me is I'm fascinated to. I, I'm drawn to the drama. I don't want to jump in and take part, but I like to be an observer of it. Right. I mean, I, I think I feel like an. I think it's just human nature. So, but if we didn't like that, then I mean, TMZ would not be on TV, television. We wouldn't have reality shows. We wouldn't have. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of some. That's true, but that's like, you know, uh, real housewives of whatever. People love a train wreck. Yeah. Uh, there's a we're, we're a society of rubberneckers. There's a reason why we slow down at accidents, and it's not for safety. It's because we want to see the gory details. And so when we see something like this happen, uh, when we see like one of these traumatic uh, flare-ups, we pay attention. Right. And that taints our opinion uh, of what's going on, first of all, uh, but also it taints our opinion of the people that are involved, and it just fosters more of that drama. But so I know you're not as involved as I am in a lot of that. You're somebody that doesn't really get wrapped up in stuff like that. Yeah. But I don't, I don't I, know how I enjoy a good, uh, some, some juicy <laughs> gossip here and there. He's like, I'm not going to lie. I like it. So, but I see it every day, every day. There's some sort of argument going on every day. There's some sort of, you know, th- this person talking bad about this person and this group disparaging this group. And where does it get anybody? What, <laughs> Nowhere, really. what can you gain? By putting somebody else down. I don't know. The biggest hindrance to the paranormal field, and I use field in quotation marks, because it's hard to really look at it as a field anymore with the way that it is now. It's more, you can say, you can say community, I think. But anyway, that's all just arguing moot points there. But the biggest problem with it is that this is all self-perpetuating. You know, this is all coming from within. There's enough skepticism coming from the general public for what people do anyway that you're never really going to be accepted by all of society if you are a paranormal investigator. And I don't mean that as a person. I just mean like, you know, some people will always be like, well, that's a strange way to spend your time chasing after stuff that doesn't exist. People will always feel that way. So it's never, you're never going to walk into a room and be the coolest person there. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm I'm just saying that. But you know, you get what I'm saying. You know, like you're never going to you're never going to be the widely accepted by all right. I, that you encounter. Like the paranormal is never going to be truly mainstream. Uh, absolutely. Interesting it may be, but the investigation and acceptance of it will never really be 100% across the board. Because mm-hmm. nothing really is. But So if that's the case, then people say, well, then we need to band together and work together. If people aren't going to respect who we are and what we do, we need to respect each other. And that's true. If everybody that you encounter, you know, uh, I, I, I keep trying to like rationalize all this and put like, you know, like <laughs> mundane, non-paranormal examples together uh, in my mind to explain it. But it's all relatable. You know, if, if if everybody out there with blonde and brown and black hair hate redheads, 
You know those damn gingers? <laughs> yeah. If everybody hates redheads, redheads feel a kindred, a kinship amongst themselves. Yeah. You know, it's, it's us against them, but it's not really us against them because nobody really cares in the end what color your hair is. But it's just everybody kind of banding together. And that's what needs to happen with the people in the paranormal in, in terms of getting along. You need to just all band together and realize, yes, you know, we were ostracized for our beliefs by other people. So we're going to come together and share in the fact that, revel in the fact that this is something that we all enjoy doing. That is fine. That plays into respect. That doesn't mean that we all have to do everything exactly the same and, and that we have to criticize those who don't do it the way that we do it. The oh, crux of this, though, and we'll get into this in the, in the next hour, but the crux of this is that that leaves too wide open of a door for determining who does it right and who does it wrong. That's a real issue. And that's a real reason that these fights come about and maybe those fights can't be helped. I want to talk coming up in the next hour about utilizing equipment and the way that it's utilized. I want to talk in the next hour about the posting of what we call data, but what other people call evidence, you know, the posting of a photo that may have an anomaly uh, in it, the posting of a video that may have something anomalous going on, mm-hmm. EVPs, all that kind of stuff. And I want to talk about things like ghost apps. All this stuff plays into it. So we'll come, right. we'll cover all that coming up in the next hour, and we'll take your calls on it as well. But if it all has to boil down to something... It probably all boils down to jealousy, really, more than anything else. Do you get that feeling from a lot of this drama that pops up that it's just jealousy? Um, yeah, I can see that. But, I mean, I mean, jealousy, you're, it's uh, kind of a fear of something getting taken away from you. What? Or just being more... I saw a quote recently like, that said the different there's the difference between jealousy and envy. Yeah. But and I can't remember it off the top of my head. But the it, it's not something being taken away, but more just that somebody else is given something that you're not. Okay. You know, that somebody else had the opportunity to get into a place that you couldn't get into. Somebody else was able to afford a piece of equipment that you want and can't buy. You know, all of this I think stems from uh, a, a jealousy. We we see that all the time. Yeah. We see that with legend trips. People who will publicly bash us online because we got into a place that they've been trying to get into for years and they keep telling them no. And they don't understand the concept of, but what we do makes money for them. Right. We're coming in and raising money for a location. There's a big difference between saying, you should have us come in here and investigate because there's rumors that this place is haunted and we are willing to come in here and do it. Right. And somebody else saying, there's rumors that this place is haunted and we can help you capitalize on that. Yeah, no place should have an obligation to open their doors to anyone. That's something else I'd like to discuss in the next hour too. Does having reports of paranormal activity mean that you should have to open your doors for paranormal research? We've talked about it in the past. It's something that a lot of people feel. And I know that if I lived in a house that had paranormal activity, I'm not going to let just anybody come in. Some people will. Some people have. 
a good friend of ours lives in a haunted house not that far from here, mm-hmm. and she's been willing over the years to let people come in and investigate. Me, I'm too private of a person when I'm at home. I wouldn't want that happening right. in my house. But we can talk about all that coming up, too. It, it really is just a, a, a jealousy issue, a lot of it. And we can talk about that more. But if somebody's going to have something that you don't have, the respect idea is that, you know, the respectful thing to do is that you support them in that opportunity. You don't have to, you know, uh, blow that trumpet across the entire world for the entire world to hear, but, you know, just be respectful of the fact that they got that opportunity mm-hmm. instead of bashing them for it. And instead of saying, gee, well, Legend Trips got into this place that I've been trying to get into, and, you know, that that just sucks because... Because right. it's not their fault that you didn't get what you wanted. Yes. And... It's your fault that you... <laughs> in theory, you would okay. think that if Legend Trips or any other organization comes in and does an event and chronicles activity, something happens, people talk about it, there's a buzz... Well, then maybe now that location wants to capitalize on that further and says, well, why don't we let more groups in here and see what happens? Why don't we see if we can get more of this evidence out there for people to check out and say, well, I definitely want to come and go to that location now. All stuff that we can talk about coming up in the next hour. Uh, We are going to take a break in a moment here for the news. And when we come back, we will take your calls, 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. See, these are the type of shows that we come in, we do these shows live uh, on a Saturday night when people are out doing other things. And then we put it out there to podcast, and I get all kinds of emails and tweets and Facebook messages and all that stuff from people who have opinions on this topic. And I certainly welcome that. If you are listening on podcast, you can email us, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. You can tweet us at SpookySC. You can tweet me at Tim Weisberg. You can tweet Matt at Smoking Monkeys. Our Twitter accounts with the correct spellings are right there on SpookySouthCoast.com. And we can really get into some of these topics in the next hour. I want to get people's opinions on this. I don't want it to just be me getting on a soapbox, which tends to happen. Uh, but it's it's not all about that. It's it's more about making sure that we keep this discussion uh, going forward, that we keep fostering this, because it's really going to come down to uh, the only way for this to move forward, this idea of of respecting each other, is to put it in action. You know, we can't just sit around talking about it for the next 10 years like we've been doing for the last 10. Oh, I just hung up on another caller. I said I wasn't going to do it. Uh, All right, you can call back during the news, and we'll talk to you in the next hour. I want to stop pressing buttons before I make something go really wrong. Uh, But we'll be back after the news here on Spooky South Coast. It's the new 1420 WBSM, and we're here each and every Saturday night for you. Be back in just a moment here on Spooky South Coast.
Welcome back. Hour two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg with you, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa, who is not so silent tonight because we are talking about the idea of para-unity, this bogus idea that we all have to get along in order to advance the field. So we'll keep discussing that. We also have some Week and Weird coming up for you. I got some stories we can talk about as well. And uh, we had mentioned earlier with the caller from the first hour about Fort Tabor. We are working on trying to set a date for that. Can't announce anything yet, but uh, we are working on it. If you would like to find out first, before anybody else, how to get tickets to any future Legend Trips event, whether it be Fort Tabor or otherwise, then all you need to do is go to legendtrips.com and then sign up for our mailing list. It's right there, uh, right on the front page of legendtrips.com. Your opportunity to take part in some really cool paranormal investigations of different locations. And that's one of the things that we'll talk about coming up uh, in this hour as we've been discussing is whether or not if you have a haunted location, do you have an obligation to let people come in and investigate it? And if so, is there a problem with being able to uh, make money off of that, too. So we'll talk about all that and more. We have a couple callers lined up, so let's find out what is on their minds. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. How are you? Hey, Tim. How's it going? Hey, how's our, how are you? Not too bad. Um, I was listening over the last hour. Uh, kind of just wanted to chime in. I got involved doing research back in, like, 06, Mm-hmm. I, I was riding the ghost hunter craze at the time, and uh, it was one of those things. I, I used to read a lot of books about it and used to just go to places, but I never really knew about how it was organized or how it was done. So um, to watch it on TV got me interested. So I get I, I get active and joined a group. And I don't know, within the first two investigations, um, it, it, there was no uh, discussion of unity back then or anything like that, but I knew that for a fact that you had to really keep your head on a swivel and look around and see who you were with, you know, at all times. Um, just saw a lot of bad things, a mm-hmm. lot of bad things and people acting in ways they shouldn't have done. And um, I think part of um, some of the arguments that are out there when it comes to this stuff is not so much, you know, just bashing people's techniques or bashing this or what they're giving as evidence or ever, whatever, but it is trying to protect people from just the not-so-nice stuff that's going on. And there can be quite a bit of it. It's it's surprising, you know. You you really want to know who you're going to be sitting in the dark with, you know. Well, yeah, and that uh, you absolutely do. And and the fact not everybody's going to get along, you know. Not everybody's going to just look at it like your your job, you know. You don't get along with everybody that you work with, but you try to at least respect them and give everybody their space and and value everybody's opinions. And that same dynamic can happen within a group. And you've seen it probably just as often as I have. Sometimes the people that are in this field are not the most uh, socially graceful people. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. So, Sometimes people just don't know how to work. They, they want to form a team, but they don't know how to work within a team structure because they've never done that before. And so that's why you see a lot of these organizations where you know the, the person at the top dominates everything because they don't know how to have that dynamic. And when that happens, it, it, it makes it bad for everybody that's involved. Yeah, and I think also, too, it's just what it comes down to is the, that mashing of egos. You know, everybody's kind of got their own way of doing things and their own ideas, and uh, a lot of people like to be right all the time, which, um, you know, 
it happens a lot in the paranormal. It, it really does. And um, I think the kind of over the years where I've gotten to is the uh, to thine own self be true route. You know, the only person that I have to really deal with at the end of the day is the guy looking at me in the mirror. You know, and if I've done everything right, I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't lied. I haven't done something to a client to, to make them want me to have to come back in their house. I said something to them, you know, and I'm working well with other people, then I should be able to look at myself in the mirror and say I've done the best that I could. And, uh, well, uh, and once you get to that point, I think you kind of, uh, you migrate away from all of that drama you were talking about. Like you said, the, the, to ignore somebody, it's a lot easier than getting involved in uh, an argument with them or dragging it out. One of the things they need to do is, is every investigator that's involved with this needs to look at it and say, are you in this for the betterment of those who request your assistance and for making their lives better? Are you in it to help people or are you in it for yourself? Are you in it for your own journey and your own answers? And there's nothing wrong with that if it's the latter. There's nothing wrong with being in it for your own self-edification, but... Just be honest with yourself and don't go into it saying, like, I'm here to help people. I'm not here to help people. I don't get in. I'm not myself personally. I'm not in this field to help others. I'm terrible at helping other people. So I'm not going to put myself out there as being like, yes, I'm a paranormal investigator that can come and I can make you feel better and I can help you find answers and, you know, call me if you need somebody. I don't do that because I'm not that type of person. I just, I, I, it doesn't work for me. So I'm in this and I make no bones about it for my own journey and my own information. And I just like to take other people along that ride with me. And if somebody calls me and says, I have an investigation, I, I, I need an investigation, I need some help, what do I do? I call you. I call other groups. I call people that I know that are out there that can do that. And I, I, I don't put out false pretenses within the paranormal, which I think a lot of people do. Yep. Well, okay. I just wanted to give a quick shout-out and uh, you know, wish you guys a Merry Christmas and have a good New Year next year. You as well. We missed you at Oddfest. Maybe uh, hopefully you can make it next year. Yeah, i got to work on my vocal cords. I don't know. That karaoke scared me off. <laughs> well, you know, we could always just get up and do some more rapping together, too. Yeah, you go. All right. All right. Have a good one. You too. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Those are the numbers to call in and share. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you? Good you? All right. I called a little early about Fort Tedron, Fort Rodman. Yes. Well, I work a little ways up the road at New England Demolition and Salvage. Mm -hmm. It used to be an old factory owned by Warren Buffett. Oh, really? And nobody's allowed on the third floor because it's all movie props. And like our shops where we work mm -hmm. to restore furniture. But I've heard voices, uh, automatic sensor lights kick on when there's nobody coming down the hall. And so there's all movie props on that uh, on the upstairs level that could all have stuff attached to it? Yeah, there's even coffins up there. Wow. But I've heard voices. I mean, I'm on the third floor by myself, mm -hmm. and I've heard things like a golf ball coming down the hall, and there's nothing there. And what types of feelings do you feel when you're up there? Uh, a little paranoid. <laughs> Has this uh, Have other people that work there reported the same thing? Uh, I've heard rumors of it in the past, yeah. 
like I said, we have automatic light sensors when you come down the hall, mm-hmm. and they kick on by themselves. And then I go out in the hall, and there's nobody there. Well, like I said, I've heard voices. I've heard, like, a golf ball bouncing down the hall, and nothing's there. Footsteps. Well, I would imagine with a factory, it used to be a factory, that there may be something going on there. Yes. That many people. How old of a how old of a factory is it? When does it date back to? Do you know? Oh God, it has to be turned in the century. So you could have had you know the young children that worked in there, and they sent it them in to fix be. the machines, and they'd end up getting crushed and right uh, you know, it, terrible things. Destroying, like that. Excuse me, they were actually destroying some of the buildings. Now, <laughs> but like I said, <laughs> nobody is allowed on the third floor but the work the people that work up there. And it's all movie props and there's coffins and you name it, old telephones and wow. That well, may be a place you would want to investigate. Hell yeah, we'd love to get up there. But uh, one thing you can try for yourself is uh, if you know anybody that's a hunter, uh, and if it's I'm a, I'm a hunter. Okay, do you have any trap cams? Excuse me. Do you have any of those cameras that you put out? Uh, you know where, where no, you think there might be a deer. If you if no. you know somebody that has one of those, you can borrow one for a couple of nights. If it's yeah. setting off motion sensors, it'll probably set off that as well, and you might actually be able to capture a photograph of whatever's up there. So you know, even if it's it could be something mundane like a raccoon up there, you know, moving stuff around, mm-hmm. and you'll be I able know, to find I've that. I've never out. seen any animals, no rats, right. no right. raccoons, no bats. It's it's more to be able to uh, you or know to shot. prove that it isn't that too. So it's worth a shot. Yeah, but it might be it may be a place you would want to investigate someday. Yeah, definitely. Let us know if uh, if ownership would be willing to let us have come in and, and check it I'm out. I'm sure Harry Harry is the owner. I'm sure he would allow you in. All right. Well, uh, you you find out for sure and give us a call back with uh, all the contact info and we'll look into it. I will. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to get up into a place with old movie props yeah. and coffins. coffins yeah. That sounds like my kind of place. Well, you saw me turn into a kid when uh, I went into the Edaville attic. Oh, yeah. With all that stuff there. Well, the number to call in if you would like to join in the discussion is 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. We're talking about the myth of paranormal unity. About the, the not everybody, Can't we all just get along? Yeah, we can't, and we don't have to. And the the good part about this is if you don't get along, if there is competition amongst the paranormal, it's only going to help foster more success and foster more uh, growth within it. So some of the things that I want to talk about is uh, the idea that we were talking about this toward the end of the hour. If you have a haunted location, if you have a house or a business, like the gentleman who just called working in this business now, he mentioned the name of the business, right? and he mentioned what was going on there, and paranormal groups will listen to this podcast and hear that, and they're going to start calling ownership and asking if they can come in and investigate. If there's claims of paranormal activity there, hell, I'll even go a little further. If there's verified paranormal activity taking place does the owner of that building have a responsibility then to allow people to come in and investigate i don't think so no i don't think think so either at all but there are people in the field that think that that's the case that they can't understand why if lizzie borden's is supposedly one of the most haunted places in the world 
why that they charge if you want to rent the house out for the night to investigate. Because it's a bed and breakfast. It's right. a business. They have to cough up a night's worth of room sales in order for you to come in there with your team. Another example. And it weeds out the um, kind of the Joe Schmo groups out there. Absolutely. That aren't going to respect the place. If you have to cough up a little bit of money, it makes, uh, as a ex, uh, ex, I don't know, makes it more exclusive. Yes. And I suppose. the reverse of that argument is that, of course, there are some places that price it out so high that people can't come in and investigate. Well, that could be by design, too. You know, a lot of the times it's not a pie-in-the-sky number that they just made up. It could be that that's what it costs right. to rent out every room for the night, so that's what it's going to cost you, or that's what it costs to have the staff come in and open the place for the night. You know, whatever the number may be, there might be a rationale behind that. But sometimes maybe they'll also uh, make that high of a price because they want to appear like they're willing to let you in, but they don't actually want to let you in. You know, that could be a possibility as well. Mm. The... And I agree. I don't think that they have any obligation to allow you to investigate. I don't think a public building that has uh, rumors of activity, for example, the Middleborough Town Hall, I don't think they have any responsibility to allow the public to come in and investigate because people need to come in for that. People need to be there and off hours. There's a lot of factors involved. So if they are nice enough to allow it, well, then great. We, we, we give them a round of applause. But nobody should be forced and shamed into it. And that happened with a location that we did for Legend Trips. They let us in, and they wouldn't let anybody else in. And there were groups out there that were trying to shame the location for doing that and saying, well, you know, you're all about the money. Well, of course they're all about the money. They're trying to keep the doors open. Right. You can't keep the doors open by allowing people to come in and poke around in the dark, which, by the way, if you are the owner of such a building, put your insurance to the roof. Exactly. If you are going to allow people to come in in the dark, operating by you know the, the night vision camera, LCD screen, LED screen, whatever you have, you know, by the light of the camera, that's the only light source, and you're walking around in the dark... In a building full of priceless antiques that can never be replaced, right? your insurance will go sky high if you tell them about it. What's the other option? You don't tell them about it. But then what happens if said paranormal investigator, I don't know, spills a soda all over a, a, a priceless uh, handwritten first edition copy of Huckleberry Finn? You're never going to get another one of those. Your insurance isn't going to cover you for it. Right. You know? And when we do legend trips events, we carry insurance. We ease that burden for the location so that if something happens, it's covered. And people need to realize that as groups. Like, that is one of the main factors that makes uh, an event company different than an investigative team. Maybe you just go out and you purchase that insurance yourself for your group and say, listen, when we're here, we're carrying our own insurance. That might open more doors for you. But the bottom line is nobody has an obligation to let you in. Right. Okay? There's, there's a building that you and I all pay for that is rumored to be one of the most haunted buildings in the world. The White House. 
They won't let anybody in to investigate. <laughs> right. But we own it. It's our building. Every paranormal investigator that lives in this country and pays taxes owns a piece of that building. Right. They don't have any obligation whatsoever to let you go in there and investigate. Try as we might. Jeff keeps trying. <laughs> so, but that, that, that's just he my just, point. He is, just wants Lincoln's gold. <laughs> there's no, there's no obligation to allow anybody to come in, and if and people do, they don't even have to give you a reason, right? It's their prerogative. No, it's my house. It's my building. Right. It's my property. I said no, and the, and if they do decide to allow a group to come in, well, that doesn't mean that they have to allow every group to come in. There's all kinds of other factors. And and, and you have to look at your own team. That's another thing that a lot of people that run teams don't do. They don't look at their own team. They don't police their own team. And look at who it is that they're working with. If I owned a building that was of historical significance, Mm -hmm. and I owned a building that had priceless antiques in it, I would want everybody that was coming in there to pass a quarry, to pass a criminal records check, to know who it is that I'm letting into this building. The same way I would somebody that was coming into work as an employee. Right. Which could be another reason um, a place could charge. Right. Absolutely, because they have to pass on the cost of putting in all that paperwork. Now, groups can also alleviate that by having that paperwork on file, by making it available, by... having credentials for themselves when they try to get into a location. But that's, as much as that's an issue, you know, whether or not you you know you should be investigating who you're allowing to investigate, the real issue with the locations is uh, the, the fact that, you know, that they don't have to let you in, but they don't have to let everybody in either. Mm-hmm. And that's where I see the argument more than anything. Even if it's not Legend Trips, and it's just another team that's coming in and doing a one-night free-of-charge investigation, you don't know the reason why they let them in. It could be because they were the first to ask. It could be because you know the, the one of the team members is the second cousin of somebody that works there. You know, there's all these reasons. And it doesn't mean that they have to let everybody in. I'm tired of that argument, too. I'm tired of that... Well, you can't. You're picking and choosing which groups you let in there. Yeah, they are, and they can do that because they own it. All right. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. Those are the numbers to call in. You could also talk about it on Twitter using the hashtag Spooky Live. That will allow you to also post it in the chat room on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. Uh, so we're talking about. In that regard, people charging for the use of their building, the investigation of their building. What about those who profit off the paranormal? There seems to be a big, uh, a, a big lashing out at anybody that can find a way to make the paranormal work for them financially. And I'm not talking about somebody who walks into a house and says, "I can, I can cleanse your house of all the spirits for three hundred dollars." We, right. we pretty much accept the idea, those across the field, that that is bad practice. Yeah. To make that claim. Right, because there's no guarantees there. 
there's no guarantees, and not only that, I mean, they, they, they could be 100% legitimate. You know, Matt Costa could become the ghost evacuator. He could walk in, he could charge $1,000, make sure that your house has no ghosts, and he could be 100% legit. But you can't prove that you're 100% legit, which is the issue. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, as we use the exterminator example before, if the exterminator comes and charges you $300 to get rid of the mouse, he can hold up the dead mouse in front of you. Yeah. So, which, by the way, somebody sent me a video earlier that of... That doesn't guarantee more mice could come in. Exactly. So, And then he's just going to keep making that $300 every time he comes. Somebody sent me a video earlier of a mouse caught in a mouse trap and dying. And then at the moment that it dies, there's a little bit of a weird anomaly really? of some sort of rush of light floating upward. Really? So I'll show it to you later. It's pretty interesting. I mean, it might be doctored, uh, but it, it's interesting. pretty interesting. Uh, so we'll I'll, I'll show you that later. If, I wish I could have sent it over to you during the news and we could put it up on Spooky TV. It would have made more sense. We have a call here on the line, 508-996-0500. 877-996-1420. Those are the numbers to call in. Uh, this, this might be our friend again. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hi. I'm the one that just called about that business in New Bedford. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I would suggest that, number one, I would suggest to the owner that you're the only group that comes in. Well, and number two, that insurance is a must and you'd have to be escorted. Yeah, that's a problem that a lot of people have though with investigating. Is they they uh, you know you'll hear groups that say, well, if we're going to go in and do it, we're going to do it our way, and I you can't do that when you're in somebody else's building. If somebody if the building wants you to have somebody with you, then you have to have somebody with you. Right, just the but way that I it goes. Would suggest any way different of you doing something, I would just be there. Right, exactly. I mean, we we didn't we did an event at at a house uh, out in Gardner, and we had to have a fire marshal present. They required the town required us to have uh, a fire inspector, a fire marshal on the premises throughout the entire night. And instead of being there and being any kind of hindrance to what was going on, the fire marshal got involved in the investigation, and he was having a grand time, uh, and he loved every minute of it. So you know some. It, it totally sounds like fun, but I mean, I mean that's a must. Yeah, I, I would suggest to the owner that your group alone comes in; nobody else is coming in. Well, and that's the problem that other people might have. They might be like, "Well, you know, you're you're picking and choosing one," but obviously, you're saying that because you know that you can trust us. You know that we have an accountability. Because if we go in there and do something wrong, you know how to find us. And if we do well, something it's wrong, it's not even the point of doing something wrong. It's the point of trust right you sound like a good group and like you said there's a lot of hackers out there and this building is full of antiques exactly that's that's the issue that uh, a lot of groups have is that they, you know they don't know how to respect some well some groups have they don't know how to respect the property and you right. know it's uh, we've seen it all the time. You know, people who will go and investigate somebody's house and open up all their drawers and and looking up, looking you know, looking through their their stuff, and you can't do that. Right. I look at a paranormal investigation as if you're going to buy a house. You know, treat it like that. Treat it like you're going to like you're doing a walkthrough of an open house that you may purchase. Right. Same privacy would would hold true. 
I mean, on this third floor, like I said, nobody's allowed up there. Only the workers. It is. The whole length of the factory is just nothing but movie props. And the other side is all workshops where we work. You know, you just can't have any hackers going in there. Absolutely. And like you said, spilling soda on whatever. Right. and Or even just tripping over something in the dark and breaking it accidentally. Exactly. You know, not anything malicious, but just, you know, right. stumbling in the round in the dark. That's... But like I said, when I called, I was suggesting that your group alone goes in there. No other groups. They don't have to call. I've already talked to the owner partially. He's interested, but he's leaving it up to me as far as the group that comes in there. Well, uh, definitely get in touch with us. Uh, usually the best time to call is, uh, do you have email? Uh, no, I don't tell you the truth. I get a computer, but I don't have email. Okay, well, the, the best time to uh, contact, to, to get in touch with us would be probably uh, on a Saturday morning after I am finished with the morning shift. That would probably be the best time. Do I call WPSM? Yep, you can uh, you can just call uh, call in here. Actually, Matt, you're here on Sundays, right? Yeah. So if you want to call Sunday morning, you can just call this line, and Matt will uh, speak to you a little bit more in depth. I will. Like I said, I think you're a reputable group, and I think you're the perfect people to come investigate this. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you very much. All righty. All right, have a good night. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Those are the numbers to call in if you would like to discuss some of the topics that we are talking about tonight. And uh, just uh, going back to the idea of profiting off the paranormal, Matt, this goes back to what I mentioned before about groups not charging for the investigation but charging for their time, charging right. for the expenses that they incur in conducting an investigation. If... And before I get into the idea of profiting off of it and making a career out of it, but just going back to the just the the charging for an investigation idea what if what if you're in a group and you are investigating a location that has a particular obstacle that shows up that presents itself in the investigation that you didn't foresee uh, in the planning stages of the investigation, okay. and you have to go out and spend some money. To buy something, and I'm trying to think of examples in my head of to, to make it a little bit more, you know, concrete and real. But so you have to go out and buy something to accommodate this investigation that you're never going to use again. Is it fair to pass on that cost to the location, to the people that live there in that house? Hmm. I don't know. I think it would depend on what the item is, and if you are really never going to use it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you're like us, if you can't just put it back in the box and return it. <laughs> right. Oh, it turns out I didn't either. This my, my wife bought one. But I suppose you could uh, pass that that cost on to the uh, business owner or the owner of the property if you do charge. I'm just, I mean, you know, sometimes it's little small stuff. Like when we go to Lizzie Borden's. I mean, is it fair to... Um, could you... Have a paranormal group be a like a non profit? Some of them are. Some of them are actually registered as non profits. Mm. Uh so that you know that they, they actually 
it, it, it can open more doors, and it's a great idea. Another great idea to do it is, is if you want to profit off of it, is to actually incorporate it as a business or make it an LLC mm-hmm. so that you can go out there and make money and, uh, and, and still be protected. But anyway, I think it's fair enough that if, if, if you are incurring costs due to an investigation, it's all right to have that discussion with you and say, hey, listen, you know, we're spending this money. Right. Any, any way we can work something out for it. But be upfront about it. You know, don't, don't spring it on them the night of the investigation. Well, you know, we had to go out and buy this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but. Sounds like. Like a general contractor. I, I, I tell everybody that goes to Lizzie Borden's to investigate. If any of your equipment requires a grounded electrical plug, you have to go out and buy those adapters because they don't have they don't have three prong yeah, plugs. There. That's a good example. So I tell, but I tell the groups I'm like, go out and buy them, and then keep them in your paranormal toolbox because you're going to need them somewhere else, and they're only a couple dollars. And so that's something that, yeah, you might have to buy that for that investigation, but it's worth hanging on to and keeping. Uh, so the uh, idea of profiting off the paranormal, people who make a living off of the subject, whether it be out there promoting themselves as an expert, uh, you know, obviously what we do with legend trips, people say, well, you're profiting off the paranormal. Well, not really. We're profiting off our ability to put together a event. Mm-hmm. An event that people enjoy and have a good time at. Well, you're profiting off the paranormal when you write a book. Well, no, you're profiting off your writing ability that just happens to be on the topic of the paranormal. Right. You know, you're you're profiting off at writing for a TV show or being on a television show. Nope. Well, I guess if you're a talent on a show, it's a little bit more like you are profiting off the subject matter because that's the reason why that you're there. And but. You know, if you're writing it, if you're directing it, if you are uh, an editor on it, whatever, no, you're doing those skills associated with the production of a television show. So it's all in how you view it. And and again, I go back to the idea of the jealousy. It's jealousy because people can't do the same thing that you're doing, so therefore they have to bash what it is that you're doing. So that's kind of my rant on that. However, one thing that people will always bash other groups for, and this is where I can't, I especially can't foster the concept of power unity with this topic because, oh my God, it happens all the time, every day, and I can't understand why. You're familiar with ghost apps? On your phone? Yes. I actually have a couple on my phone. That put the ghost, they, they, you take a photo. And it inserts the ghost into the photo. Oh, the, those those I do not have, but yeah. I am, I'm familiar with them. Yeah, I should have I should have said ghost picture apps. Yeah, the ghost apps that you have on your phone, whatever. Like, right. I think those are some of them are good. Some of them are just garbage, and you just have to do the research into which ones you want to utilize. Yeah, I mean, I don't uh, I don't know how much stock I put into. Um, Ghost Hunter apps. Yeah. Like, I'll use Echo Box. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to use Ghost Radar. No. But some people no. do. I see people walking around with their phone with Ghost Radar, like, oh, my God, there's a ghost right behind me. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. But the, uh, 
the ghost picture apps that insert a ghost into a photo. I'll give them credit, these apps. Some of them look really good. (laughs) Yeah, they do. And for the most part, they're not... uh, They're utilizing famous ghosts from other photographs. Yep. So when you see the Bachelor Grove picture, when you see the brown lady of Random Hall, when you see these very notable ghost photographs appearing in people's quote-unquote evidence, then you know something's fishy if you're well-researched and well-trained in the field. Now, the common person just scrolling through somebody's Facebook feed, uh, Facebook timeline is going to look at it and say, wow, look, this person caught a ghost. And might not know the intricacies of where it might have come from and might not smell a rat right away. Mm-hmm. But those who are in the field, they kind of can. And it's amazing. To this day, as much as I've seen it happen, where I've seen people post pictures of quote-unquote evidence where it is clearly a photo from a ghost app, like you can just open up the ghost app and sh- prove to them which ghost it was that they inserted into the photo – I don't think I've seen anybody take responsibility for that being the case. Nobody has ever come forward and said, well, you know, I think somebody in my group did that and I was unaware. Uh, I've, I, I think that or, or somebody come forward and say, yeah, we did it because we were trying to get some attention. You know, nobody has ever owned up that I've seen to putting a ghost app ghost into one of their photographs. But when they have been caught, I have seen them accuse everybody else. I have seen them. Well, that was given to us by the homeowner. The homeowner gave yeah. us that picture with the ghost in it. We thought it was real. So you just put it up there. And call, first of all, called it your own evidence. But why would you just put that up there? Why wouldn't yeah. you research it a little bit more yourself? And shouldn't you know, shouldn't you recognize the ghost app gope? Ghost app ghost. Yeah, I feel like you, as a, as a group, you should be well-versed. You should try yeah. not to get duped. Yeah. I mean, it does happen. Sure. But... Something like that, where it's a, an app that probably thousands of people use. You should, uh, you should be, you should. I don't know. Something should smell fishy. And, and that's where peer review comes into play. The idea of putting it out there for other groups, other teams, other investigators to take a look at, because maybe they've had an experience with something similar, and they can offer insight. So, and it's the the problem though is. It, it, it can't be posted without ego. If it was posted without ego, and you put it up, then you said, "Hey guys, the homeowner gave us this picture. What do you think?" Right. Don't, then don't put it up there as definitive proof and be like, "This is what we got." Right. Check out this ghost. It's the real deal. If you put it up as that, people would say, "Hey, just to let you know, it might be this ghost step." Okay, thanks, and then you move on. Mm-hmm. But it's never like that. It's it's more often than not, it's they argue it, the fact. Not only do they argue the fact, they they promote it, as you were saying, as like being like, we caught the best ghost photograph of all time. You're not going to believe it when you see it. We're going to release it at 6 p.m. on Thursday, and the whole world is going to be taken by storm. We're going to be on Maury Povich, and this is going to change everything. And they reveal it, and it's a Bigfoot suit. And, a- <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, like, That's not even a ghost picture. And, yeah, inevitably, that's what happens, though. Inevitably, it turns into uh, a big buildup or a big amount of bragging for something that turns out to be false. And that probably creates more vitriol than needed because now everybody's going to turn on you for trying to be a promoter and a self-promoter out of this. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where the arguments come back, where people will fight you on it. Now, you know, if you put it up there and you're like, hey, I put up this picture, what do you think? It's a ghost app. Okay, thanks. Nobody faults you for that. Right. But when you put it out there and start making all these claims, everybody wants to tear those claims apart. And then everybody that made the claim originally wants to defend it, and it turns into a big, ugly fight over something that is ultimately false. And I think that that might be, you know, maybe we'd have to do a little informal poll on Twitter, you know, using the hashtag Spooky Live or by anybody that wants to call in or, or email us if you're listening on podcasts. But I, I would say that probably those damn ghost picture apps are the cause of more drama <laughs> than anything today, at least in terms of, uh, you know, evidence review. Mm-hmm. I think number one far and away will always be the jealousy and the interpersonal dynamics of different groups, teams, and investigators. But that is probably the biggest one for evidence is those damn ghost apps. And I've seen people say all the time on, you know, like actual investigators who uh, take issue with these, they should just pull those apps from the app stores and they shouldn't allow them anymore because it does this. Um, I don't know. I disagree. <laughs> exactly. A, a good portion of the public doesn't care about right. paranormal research. I mean, they were created for entertainment purposes. More people in in the world would rather freak their friend out by taking a picture of them and putting a ghost in and being like, dude, look. <laughs> right. More people would rather do that than actually find out answers to if there is something more than on this mortal coil. So... <laughs> that's just a sad fact. I mean, we over, that's one thing that certainly happens in the paranormal field and leads to a lot of this unnecessary crap um, amongst each other is that we put way, way too much of an emphasis on what it is that we do. We consider this to be the biggest thing in the world. Now, th- this research is of utmost importance. And so, therefore, it has to be regarded as highly as we do. Everybody everybody should view it through the same lens that we do. And that's not the case. Some people don't want to know. Some people don't want to discuss it. Some people don't want to think about it. Other folks don't want to question their entire belief system if it turns out that they do believe in a ghost or an alien or what. And then they have to reevaluate everything they believe in. Some people don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Some people just want to live their life and go on and go forward, and you can't fault them for that. We we think, those in the paranormal field think that what we're doing is, should be in the forefront of people's minds, because it's in the forefront of ours. And that's just not the case. So that overinflates things unnecessarily. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Those are the numbers to call in if you would like to discuss any of these topics. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, you want to get a little weird? We should. We can do that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Spooky South Coast here on WBSM, the new 1420 WBSM. More bad news. Well, i got a great show for you today with some wonderful... Oh. I feel, I feel so very weird. 
The Weekend Weird. And we've got some weird stories for you this week. Some of the stranger stuff to come across the newswire. How about this one, which comes from the Telegraph in the UK? Always good weird stories out of the Telegraph in the UK, but a hallucinogenic fungi has been found growing in the Queen's Garden at Buckingham Palace after being discovered by gardening expert Alan Tichtmarsh. The television presenter unearthed the fungi at Buckingham Palace for an ITV gardening show called The Queen's Garden and said, I won't be eating any of that. Apparently it was a red and white spotted toadstool called... Amanita muscaria, or fly agaric, on a tour of the private 40-acre plot. So the the this this mushroom has been used for many years for its hallucinogenic effects, but it also makes people very sick when they eat it. The old-fashioned thing to do is to feed it to the village idiot, then drink his urine because you get all of the high without any of the sickness. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So you gotta wonder, you know, if uh, if the queen knew that this was growing in her garden. I don't know. Not the queen, though. M- maybe she's maybe she's uh, maybe she's popping some of these mushrooms, or maybe she's giving <laughs> them to the village idiot and drinking his urine. You don't know. No, you, we don't. I guess. So uh, I guess we'll find out when the television special airs on ITV on Christmas Day. Hmm. We're gonna say it's one of the. Uh Gardeners, or or could be even one of her kids. Yeah, you think uh, you think maybe, Prince Charles was maybe. out there? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So you've heard the story about the uh, the wrapping paper that was pulled by Hallmark because apparently it looked like it had swastikas. This is they were promoting this like a, a Hanukkah wrapping paper. Yep. And there's little swastikas all in the design. Now we were talking about this off the air, and to me. It looks like somebody drew a swastika and then expanded that design out into another swastika and like just kept going so they could embed a bunch of swastikas inside this wrapping paper, which I don't think was done with any kind of malicious intent. No. I think somebody yeah. just thought it would be funny to put swastikas in Hanukkah wrapping paper and see if they could get away with it. Yeah. So, But well, you don't you don't see that well, in the design. I don't know, because I mean, uh, I mean a, a swastika is a very... It's not that complicated of a design. So, I mean, I guess it could happen to be just like a coincidence. They were and just kind of, hey, what what can we put on this wrapping paper that's like just a just a general design? And swastikas weren't always... They didn't always have a negative connotation to them. No, they were a symbol I mean, of luck and good fortune. Right. They were, the announcers co-opted. There were businesses uh, in... Um, they use that symbol as like a, a to like brand themselves as like a trademark, which they couldn't do that after the thirties. Right? Yeah, that was, that was pretty much the end of that. But uh, well, anyway, so this, this, this wrapping paper is out there. Well, there uh, there apparently seems to be somebody who wants it back on the shelf. The members of the Raelian movement demanded its return and defended the swastika as a holy symbol of peace. Uh, for those who are not familiar with the Raelian movement, it's a UFO religion whose members believe that life on Earth was scientifically created by extraterrestrials they refer to as the Elohim, a Hebrew term that ironically means God. 
So the Elohim are said to appear human, although they, when, when encountered, they are mistaken for angels or gods. Uh, they think that Moses, Jesus, and Buddha were among these. So they want to have it back on the shelves because they feel like that peaceful that's a peaceful symbol that should be there. And if you've ever seen the Raelian emblem, it's basically it's a swastika in the middle of the Star of David, which is okay. really confusing <laughs> to older Jewish people everywhere. Right. But uh, that's, that's... Well, I feel like it's a swastika, it's, it's done, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. Just, you just like can't use it anymore. Yeah, just don't incorporate uh, it. No matter what you, no matter what you feel that it actually means. Right. The yeah, meaning it, has it been means, lost. Yes, it means um, white power I mean, and the, Nazis. The, and <laughs> the people at Hallmark probably should have reviewed the wrapping paper before it went out and been like, you know, what? it's very similar to a swastika. Maybe we should not print this. Have you seen wrapping However, paper? There's nothing like. If I worked at Hallmark, like. Checking out wrapping paper before it went, I'd, I'd probably gouge my eyeballs out. I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, like when you're in the store and your wife is like, which wrapping paper should we get? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I don't yeah. care what it looks like. All right, I, one, one. I always go with the funny papers anyway. There you go. Yeah, just use the comic section. It's it's you're already paying for the paper anyway. One more really quick story. The U.S. Uh, this this actually came out this week. The U.S. secretly infiltrated Cuba's hip hop scene to spark anti-government movement. So this is actually an AP story. Uh, a U.S. agency's secret infiltration of Cuba's underground hip-hop group scene seems to spark a movement against the government was reckless and stupid, according to Senator Patrick Leahy's Thursday. Uh, so this is a legitimate thing. On six occasions, Cuban authorities detained or interrogated people involved in the program. They also confiscated computer hardware. So they were essentially trying to help uh, overthrow the government of Cuba through their hip hop scene, which you know could never happen here because no. here it's all about the bling and all that other stuff. It's all about that base. <laughs> so that does it for this week. Uh, we will be back next week with another program for you. It'll be, I guess, that'll be our like holiday show or pre-holiday show, yep. and I believe Stephanie will be back for that. Uh, so. Hopefully, Moniz will be as well. We'll have the full crew back together for the first time in a long time. Uh, but, uh, of course, if you are new to the show and you want to check out some older episodes, we podcast them all. They're all available via iTunes or wherever podcasts are found. And we also have some up on YouTube as well. So uh, we encourage you to go back and check out the archives. A good way to spend some of your holiday downtime is with us. So until next week, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spectacular. <laughs>